is it bad? I mean, I just want the world to appreciate some decent art. Yes, Jamie. <laughs> yes. Great Come on. Right, we'll crack on. I've now got a beard matching Tom. And you, actually. I know, I haven't shaved for a long time. Hello, until... Oh, God. Hello, and welcome... Yeah, thank you. Is my microphone all right? You can hear it. That was code for yeah. I've never seen Tom this nervous. Watch this is painting us in the best picture. Yeah, sorry. Know. Sorry, Mason. Yeah, we are totally professional. Oh, obviously, we're athletes, so, you know. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the Broken Trophy podcast. And today, we're going to do something a little bit different. Stefan, you're here, and we're, we're pre-Chris Jordan oh, chat. What's that different, me being here? That's true. That's true. You are here and ever present as always. How's things? Are you all right? Well, good. So I'm pleased. And now I can, we can say we've listened to feedback from the listeners. Well, my wife. Exactly. You said she was missing the, the, the discussion between the two of us. The preamble. By superstars. Exactly. Yeah. So we thought we'd, we'd throw in a few minutes of us just catching up. What have we been up to? What, what have we, we? We've literally just been for a cycle ride, Stefan. We have indeed. It was a good cycle, actually, wasn't it? God, her legs are like lead, though, after that. So unfit. I mean, the lockdown spread is, it's like it's like Christmas, but but for three months or something, isn't it? Are you, are you going? Are you going more um, Harmerson or Chris Tremler? <laughs> Definitely more Harmerson. Three desserts. <laughs> three desserts. A uh, a sitting. Oh man, no, it's it's the alcohol, isn't it? It's terrible. It is I'm, I'm trying to go more Tremlett, but I'm definitely heading towards Harmerson. Tremlett's just it's it's like a, a machine, isn't he? Is. We're gonna have to get. We're gonna have to get a lot. Of, this sounds so scripted, but anyway, we're gonna have to get a lot fitter. We've got to play Gale Ends at badminton. Yeah, exactly. And uh, how worried on a scale of one to ten are you about that? Fine. It'll be fine. I used to be a county player. How hard can it be? Really? Did you? <laughs> <laughs> that is a little known unknown fact about you, then. But she might be a little bit better, and this was probably thirty years ago. Do you think we could? See, I've got a theory that she might make a mistake and or we might hit just one fluke of a shot and we only might actually get a point off her. The only thing we can do, I reckon, is have, is have like an arsenal of tricks up our sleeve. So, <laughs> for example, as she's about to hit it, have some sort of like joke cannon thing going off. <laughs> Another one, like, you know, we'll pull our shorts down or something. Anything. Well, our shorts, not, not hers, because that would be... No, um, no. You, can't, you can't do that kind of thing these days. No, exactly. Then, that'd be wrong. <laughs> to be too reasonable. but the um, this is like this why we shouldn't have discussions with the two of us because we're going to get ourselves in trouble exactly anyway, within yeah, three well, minutes we've got a lawsuit against us there must be a way right of putting like, some sort of kind of <laughs> cannon or something in the in the shaft of the badminton racket right and as she's about to hit fire it at her <laughs> oh my god that way she won't see what's going on we'll get a point job done See, that's all, I'm, that's all I'm there for. If I can get a point off Gail, Gail Ems. We, we, it's a team. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Sorry. And, and Dan, and Dan uh, Philp, as, as, uh, he's, he's, um, he's kindly volunteered to come and film the occasion. That's so With his crush on Gail. But, you know, <laughs> uh, that's amazing. No, I think that that is going to be an absolute um, a, a hoot. As they say, and uh, we get a weekend away in Milton Keynes. So if anyone's listening, any good spots in Milton Keynes <laughs> go out in? You know, it's got to be an overnighter, really. I think listening back to that to that pod, I think she was a little bit concerned at my enthusiasm for coming to Milton Keynes. I just want, I just want a weekend away from the kids. Yeah, well, that's that's what mainly driving me. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, so yeah, in a, in one of the last pods that we uh, that we've done, um, Stefan. We did discuss your um, butler in the buff moment. We did. Thanks for bringing that up again. But no, yes, yeah, I thought I thought I'd just remind you of that. Well, don't uh, worry about it. I've got so that... much to offer on you, man dog. Man dog. Yeah, the usual. The, the the book was a top five seller in Amazon. No, yeah, but anyone could do that. It's cricket for God's sake. It's only about three books <laughs> written a year. How dare you? Chris, also, I, I know. I, quote, Chris Chris Wood said he read read two thirds of it. Yeah, but that's a bit like girlfriends, isn't it? You know, you meet you, someone asks how many girls have you slept with. It's like you know, it's times it by three because you know kind of a number. He said two thirds. I reckon he went through the old bit at the back and went, "Oh, let's find my name." Yeah, I'll read those paragraphs. Job done. What on. I like, what I like was he said, "Oh, I asked Batesy what the, what were the bits I needed to read." <laughs> Even my co-authors like probably skimmed through it. Absolute disgrace. Well, you know, second half is hard work. To be fair, I, I read it though because I'm a friend, no, a friend of yours, so I read the whole thing so I could. Oh off. yeah, yeah, you've it. done a really good thing there, Steph, and you've absolutely like rinsed me ever since about the second half of it. I think they call it constructive criticism, don't they? It's poor, mate. It's poor. Anyway, 
The Broken Trophy Podcast. Catch us on Twitter at The Broken Trophy and on Instagram at Broken Trophy Pods. So, this is probably not a usual topic for humour, but you know, it's, it's, help, it's helping with my grieving process. I went, to a, I went to a funeral on Monday, my grand's funeral on Zoom. I'm half French, he's in France, so I couldn't go. Brought up quite a few challenges. Really? What do you wear to a Zoom funeral? Well, what did you wear to a Zoom funeral? Um, we were undecided and then mum got involved. Right. A strict message went to my brother and I, shirt and tie please. Oh, right. So obviously I kept the shorts on. And just I was going to say, shorts are obviously on, on the bottom. So we're both, so we're both on this you know, Zoom call. Short, no, not shorts, yeah, shorts on, shirt and tie on. And then you get the next bit. So they all stand up in church. Do you stand up with them or not? Yeah, true. So did you? I didn't. Right. My brother, my brother was hovering. He, he was hedging. <laughs> I'm just going to just pretend that I'm kind of half getting up and then watching the other people who are on the Zoom call see what they did. Right. They didn't. So we stayed seated. <laughs> There's a whole range of stuff. One bloke answered the phone. Well, like, you can't really answer your phone during a funeral. What, online? Yeah, he was on the Zoom. Right, okay. okay so like, right, yeah. a, bit, like, you know, a bit in the boring bit, but yeah, you know, yeah there's a whole, a whole range of stuff that I've never had to... Blimey, think that, of. Is, that, is, that is tricky, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, did it go okay? I don't know really how to follow that up with a sort of dis- without being disingenuous with the question, really. I've never seen Tom speechless. Yeah. I don't know where to go with that. It was fine. Yeah. It was fine. It was, it was what it was. Good, good. Oh, well, that's, that's a relief. And you can <laughs> say you've done a, a funeral on Zoom now. <laughs> there's, there's, there's no market Zoom hasn't penetrated. Exactly. There's a whole range of stuff that I've never had to how, think of. How, how on earth are we talking about this on our pod? I just don't understand. Anyway. Incredible. Rest in peace, rest in peace Grandma. And also, Nikki yes. has also potentially lined us up to go to the Island Games next year. So I'm still confused as to what our role will be, but I guess we'll just interview athletes every day and, and just hang around. Well, we're not really sure what the pod is all about, so I wouldn't That's really about detail. We'll just See, go I... over there, we'll go and meet some stuff, we'll steal some stuff, we'll get some shirts from different islands. Yep. Um, you know, we'll just, we'll just get involved. But we'll just hang. Bermuda will be there right now or something. Yep. yep. I'm going I'm to put it in there now, actually. Participants right. in the Island Games. Okay. Yeah, I think Bermuda were one of the... Um... Previous venues, weren't they? It's in Guernsey. You know, a bit better than Jersey, but we'll be all right. Whoa, 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 uh, whoa, 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 whoa. I wonder if Breeder is an official sponsor. I doubt it. That's a shame. That is a, that's a... So it's sponsored by NatWest, supposedly. Right, okay. That's a pretty good sponsor. It began in 1985. Yeah. You've got Bermuda, Cayman Islands, Falkland Islands, St. Helena, Gibraltar, Menorca. The hell's Menorca? Alderney, Guernsey, Sark, Jersey, Isle of Wight. Yeah, there's a, there's a Welsh name I can't I can't pronounce. Minis Mon or something. Isle of Man, Western Isle, Shetland, Faroe. There's some stuff. I'm not going to have a go at this. Some stuff in Finland and Sweden. Blimey. Roads from you know down Cyprus way, this way. So is it literally any island in the world? It doesn't feel like it's every island in the world. It just no, feels no, like it, it says it's it's currently 23. Right. 23, 12 to 14 sports and Sark are the most successful island, their population of 600 having acquired 20 medals by 2015, one for every 30 people. Wow. wow. Oh, Guernsey are like reserve. They never what? actually got it properly. The Faroe Islands withdrew and Guernsey jumped in. That is controversial. Oh, well, there we go. Well, we'll you know, we'll go and make our presence felt in Guernsey. And, and the Welsh, there's this, this weird Welsh place, Yinis Mon or something. Yeah. They're contemplating a bid for 2025 games. Well, there you go. That's quite, it looks quite cool. You've got Prince Edward Island. Right. Well, that, that island, that's, 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 not, that's not good, is it? Not getting, getting named after Prince Edward. At least it's not Prince Andrew. Well, true. <laughs> so I wonder if it's feasible we could acquire an island and then enter our own team into the island games. Hang for it. Acquire an island. What's your name? Yeah. Richard Brunson. <laughs> yeah. Borrow Richards. <laughs> there is a little island off, off Jersey called the Ecrios. And it is absolutely minuscule. So if we all moved over there, we could then enter a team into the Island Games, potentially. Is there any other qualifier requirements or anything? I don't know. Let's look into it. We'll have to, we'll have to get into Nikki's ear and see if, see if it's right. legit. Nikki, Nikki, we'll need your help. How can we get involved in this? Yeah. I, reckon, I reckon first one, we just go along. <laughs> Suss it out. Sample, sample the wares. Yeah, as it were. 
We have a pod maybe every evening. We can interview some some of the athletes. Yeah. Sport, sport, not a sport face to face of proper sports people will be will be interesting. Oh God, I'll bring you know I'll bring some sort of protection. Um, <laughs> You'll be given that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To be fair, what we've been told in the Olympics and the Commonwealth Games, condoms are handed out like you now a toffee. <laughs> right. So, I think now is about we're about ready for our special guest tonight, which is England bowler, Sussex bowler. Barbadian, yeah. Chris Jordan. Yeah, neighbour to Joffre. Yep, he was an absolute legend, wasn't he? So everybody, sit back, relax, and enjoy our chat with Chris Jordan. Chris, welcome. How are you doing? Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Doing doing great. Um, yeah, just like everyone else in lockdown, just uh, finding ways to keep busy as usual. So how I've seen on Instagram a few videos of like Joffre, of Ben Stokes trying to trying to bowl in their driveways and car parks and all sorts. <laughs> how how are you getting the practice in? Yeah, just exactly that. Um, really? Obviously, uh, yeah, quite, I'm quite fortunate. Obviously, Joff Joff basically lives with me, so uh, lives in the same building as me. So we use the car park downstairs just to get our <laughs> just to get our training in, just to keep keep the body ticking over. Because as as you all know, bowling and playing cricket in general is not not natural for the body. So you have to find ways of keeping it going so that when we do start back um we're not too far behind so is there a certain amount of deliveries certain amount of overs you've got to do each day each week uh no i mean it sort of takes us back to our childhood really like growing up in barbados we used to go in the road and and get a big garbage can and, and play tape ball cricket you know uh, so that those competitive juices are, are, are flying <laughs> out as well. Um, Josh running in at me at, off, off about 15 yards, peppering me, <laughs> terrorizing <laughs> me, you know. But, but I, I do, I do find, I do find, I do find my way to, to give it back as well. So now it's good fun. Good I'd, love, I'd love all the neighbours to kind of come down and go, oh yeah, I fancy a bit, a bit of cricket. Can I join in? You yeah, actually, actually yeah. But in, in, the neighbours have. Have been um, have been watching from afar as well, and, and um, <laughs> getting decent entertainment as well. So yeah, they get they getting live cricket in their own backyard as well. <laughs> That's amazing! I'd be like, yeah, I'd be permanently looking out. Like, oh, they're coming out of guys. Like <laughs> well, the highlight of the day, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> when, you, when you said Joff's basically living with you. What does that mean? Is you, you like making his meals for him as well, or? Nah, but you know what? I, um, I mean, obviously, as as everyone will know by now, uh, me and Joff are quite close. to basically yeah. like family, you know. Uh, so, yeah, I cook sometimes. He cooks sometimes, and, and we share it around for sure. <laughs> who's who's the best cook? <laughs> I'll put up my hand. <laughs> it's pretty. It, it's pretty. It's pretty equal. Um, we both have our of our sort of specialties and um yeah we, we go from there we try and keep it nice and healthy as well well said well said so what i mean obviously we're you know in unprecedented times right now and i know like today actually some of the england bowlers are starting to to, to get back in the net so to speak and do a few sessions at various grounds around the country what what's um What's it looking like from your perspective and with sussex as well and you, you know your program of training will it start ramping up in the weeks ahead do you think yeah, well, I hope so. I mean, um, most of the most of the talk at the minute, obviously, is is surrounding international cricket first and foremost. Um, I guess for obvious reasons, um, in terms of uh, how could I put it, um, the safety surrounding it, and obviously with there's so being so many counties, it'll be obviously quite difficult to 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 get county cricket. Back on, back on and running uh, before international cricket. Obviously, the international group is a much smaller group um, mm. and probably easier to control and contain. So, um, yeah, I hope, I hope to be to be back in the nets and stuff uh, initially with one-on-one training in the coming weeks. Um, but we're just obviously taking the directors from the the ECB and and the relevant authorities as to as to when we can start that. The Broken Trophy Podcast. Give us a follow on SoundCloud. Well, I, was doing, I was doing a little bit of research, not too much. We don't, we don't want to seem too kind of interested. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, as everyone knows, you kind of, kind of came across um, from Barbados to Dulwich College. Having having been to Dulwich College just for a wedding um, <laughs> and, to Bar- and to Barbados on holiday, 
Why? How? Good God. <laughs> How would you choose that? I mean, like, no, I get it. Cricket. <laughs> but Barbados, Dulwich College. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I totally agree. But uh, obviously, Barbados is a beautiful country. Um, a beautiful island. It's paradise. It's obviously where I was born, where I, was, where I grew up. But, but ultimately, um, uh, my ultimate dream was to be a professional cricketer. And uh, obviously, making that move was the start of that journey. Um, yeah, yeah. So obviously, yeah. <laughs> go and, and and you had Rihanna in your classroom. I mean, really, I'm, I'm getting quite concerned about your life choices. If I'm honest, <laughs> I knew I knew that would come up at some point. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Obviously, so, some people some people looking from afar might think. Why? Why on earth would he do it? But <laughs> as I said before, I was just chasing my dream, man. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Well, it's kind of worked out pretty well, isn't it? I mean, the, you know, I know you went to Surrey first, didn't you? But since you moved down to Sussex, you've gone from strength to strength. I think it's fair to say. Yeah. Um. Obviously, yeah. I give I give thanks uh, every day for the position that I've I've been able to put myself in. Um. As you said, uh, I started out at Surrey first, um, and I obviously started pretty well in my first season in 2007. Came into the team, we were in sort of the relegation zone, and and I was able to to play a, a key part in in keeping us up that year. Um, and yeah, from then uh, at the time, I was just on a summer contract, um, and then that winter I signed my first sort of full contract. And yeah, just took off from there. Um, obviously, a couple of years later, or almost a year later, I started to struggle with a few back injuries and stuff, which sort of halted my progress. Um, but but looking back on it, um, yeah, it, it was again part of my journey because um, it, it helped me to understand my body, understand the importance of, of doing my strength work and, and really staying on top of my training. You know? And it really made a a big point in in making that switch in in mentality and and focusing on on on, on staying on the park because uh, I sort of viewed it. I mean, I was I was sat on the sidelines for the entire 2010 season, and uh, now it was it was a real sort of dark time, if you like, for me. Um, maybe not as drastic as dark, but yeah, when when you want to be out there doing doing what you love, doing what you want to do, and you just sat on the sidelines and, and you're watching. Um, everyone progress and and so I go ahead of you almost. Uh, so I made a point to myself to to uh, not find myself in that position through lack of effort or through lack of preparation and stuff like that. So uh, I always thought that as long as I'm on the park, I have a chance of of doing doing something special and 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 doing what I love. And and if from the performance, then is the reason that I don't get selected or I don't progress then so be it but it wouldn't have been through um, not being able to get on the park yeah, yeah. I, and I guess so um, Tom's a cricket person out of the two of us I'm more sports and what I really <laughs> like is we kind of put out that we're obviously a meeting with you people come up with questions and there's a few questions that have come up which actually I'm quite, yeah, I'm quite intrigued really so someone said you know we're looking back in 2012 you went back and played for Barbados yeah their national team as a non-cricketer, I was like, hang for how does that work? So you can play for two for two national teams, or I guess is it kind of Barbados as like a kind of a county team for the West Indies or yeah. kind of how does how does all that Yeah, obviously obviously the obviously the setup in the West Indies is actually quite a, a unique one, you know, where you have um various actual countries um sort of falling under the bracket as as we have counties over here because that's the first class system. Um, and then all of them sort of combine together to to form the West Indies team. Um, but obviously, everyone has uh, their own allegiance to their own country, and that sort of um, patriotic side of things, you know. Um, so yeah, as I said, the, the situation is quite unique. But because in black and white, the it is a first class setup, and it's probably viewed as how we have counties over here. Yeah, I went back to play as like an overseas player. Um, <laughs> Yeah, almost. So yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was a quite a unique, unique, unique experience. <laughs> we was, we was, we've kind of asked everyone that we've met, kind of you know, across all the different sports. What's your one piece of memorabilia that you've got either hanging up on a wall, or, you know, or something, or 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 that you know, if there's a fire, the one thing you're getting, kind of, of kind of your your kind of playing so far history. 
is a Barbados shirt up there or is it something else? <laughs> <laughs> no, um, it it definitely be it definitely be England shirt. Um, obviously, uh, especially um, uh, one one moment that sticks out to me is um, when I first uh, played in front of my sort of family and and stuff for oh, the no. first time international cricket in Barbados. <laughs> against the West Indies, um, all my family's watching. You must have been getting some shit from the West Indies. <laughs> no, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was very mixed. You know, it was very mixed because, I, as I said, like, I have so many family and friends there that that were there just to just to support me. Uh, obviously, they, yeah, they, yeah. they they wanted me to do well, but England to do sort of thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know how it goes. Um, so yeah, split split loyalties. Were they, were, they, were they wearing a West Indies shirt or an England shirt? Well, it was sort of maroon and blue. Half and half scarves. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But no, that 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 sticks out to me first and foremost. Um, uh, obviously, more so because I was able to to get my match and contribute to like a winning performance as well. You know, uh, it was a real and special you, day. And do you reckon that was because? Um, uh, we spoke to Sam, who went back, was it, from Hampshire to play against Kent in the final. And he was saying about the Kent fans gave him some grief, you know, yeah. when he walked on. And that kind of gave him a bit of a spur to kind of write, you know, sod you, I'm taking this out of you. Yeah. Was that, I'm not saying you've got a boot or anything, but was there that element as well of, I'm kind of back where, you know, where I was born, you know, where I was born, where I was playing against people that I kind of probably played with as I was growing up. You know, I really want to show how, how, how fucking great I am. Yeah, uh, yeah, it definitely <laughs> inspires you, you know. It definitely, um, I guess, brings that that extra edge out of you um, and and stuff like that. And and then when you do do it, um, when you do play against other nations and other countries, you want to tap into to to the, the, the sort of things that 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 um, brought that special performance out into you, you know. Um, obviously, yes, it was sentimental and. I'm pretty special with family and stuff, but you sort of try and tap into to the things that that brought that performance out to you to to try, try and make it make it um, quite consistent. Yeah, Chris, when you when you go back to um, I, well, I, funny enough, I went to Barbados on holiday last year, and we went to the Kensington Oval, mm-hmm. did the stadium tour, and I asked the lady about yourself and Joffre at the time. I think Joffre, it was before Joffre had really broken on the scene for England. And she was saying, yeah, they're both great guys. They come back to the ground every winter. And, and it just really struck me because I'm from an island in the, the Channel Islands off, off England. Oh, God. And it just, I just, anything. yeah, come on. And I just every, love that. Every pod we do, Jersey just gets <laughs> dropped in there somewhere. <laughs> come on. From but Jersey, it's the best island in the world. He's patriotic, man. He's patriotic. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And that's what it struck me. It's just like when you come from an island, I don't know, there's something kind of like unique about that, don't you, don't you think? Is that part of it, would you say? Yeah, hundred percent. And I mean, as you said, you've been, you guys, you both, you you both been on been on holiday there, and and you see the type of people that are there. Everyone's um, quite welcoming, quite friendly. Um, uh, because yeah, because they, they wanna, <laughs> well, they, they they wanna they wanna sort of wreck the island, you know, and 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 uh, because tourism and stuff is is such a big part, and it's a big part for a reason. So they want to keep encouraging people to to come back and. And experience sort of the type of life that they have, and and uh, and they also want people to to say good things as well, you know. But but it is genuine at the same time. But you're right. Whenever we do go back, we try to I, I try to go back and do and a lot of the things that I used to do as a kid and go a lot of the places I used to go as a kid because uh, it really brings out that that great feeling in you. And as I said before, um, it inspires you to to keep going as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming Tom gets the same reaction when he goes back to Jersey. <laughs> the, um, so I was watching, I was watching some of the YouTube videos of you doing your diving and catching, and the, right. the Chris, yeah, the Chris Air Jordan one from the BBL. <laughs> and, I, and my daughter, my daughter walked in. She's like, "Dad, what are you watching?" I'm like. Normally, you'd be worried watching their YouTube when the kid walked in, but no. And she she walked in. She's like, "What are you watching? What are you watching?" So I showed her. Honestly, I can't. I wish I'd filmed her reaction. It was like a all oh, right, yeah, he caught it. Like, no, 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 that's really hard to do. So you can't just do that. She's like, all oh, right, okay, well, what's a good deal? But to normal people, no, for us, yeah, the fielding is amazing. And Dan, um, who's kind of sent in the question, said, how much of being a great fielder is natural talent versus hard work? 
And has he known any terrible fielders that have actually got better through training and practice? Um, yeah, it definitely, it definitely is. A, I'd say it definitely is a combination. Um, for me, um, like that hand-eye coordination, I think um, developed for me over over playing um, loads of different sports. So. When I was growing up, I used to play basketball, I used to play football, I used to play tennis, I used to play hockey. I used to play loads of different sports that were challenging in different ways and but required um, good hand-eye coordination or just required coordination in general. So, um, yeah, from that point of view, I think I think it is a, is a combination of both. But to answer the second part of the question, I, I definitely know fielders uh, who, who weren't that good that that became good through through practice. Um, um, it, it's like anything, the more you do it, the more confident you get with it. And and then things just become second nature. Um, you, you start to get instinctive and, yeah, yeah. So and just kick on from there. So when you're bowling and the batsman, yeah. say, say, say you're playing your you know, Sussex and you're, you're bowling and the batsman's hit it and you, you see it going towards that. Who's that one person you're thinking, oh, Christ, not him. You're <laughs> <laughs> looking to draw me out here. No, um, <laughs> I think the, it's, it's tough, to be fair, it's, t- it's actually tough to call uh, both with Sussex and England because um, we do we do do a lot of work um, on our field. Uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> everyone else we've spoken to has gone. No, nah, I couldn't possibly say. Actually, it's him. <laughs> <laughs> He's dropped that one. He's dropped um, that. One. <laughs> but um, okay, I see. I'll, I'll go. I'll go with Joff sometimes. Yeah, and it's not. And it's, yeah, it's not. It's not. It's not through because uh, Joff has great hands. Uh, he's a top fielder. But sometimes you might be dozing on the boundary, you know, and um, yeah, not 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 quite into. He might be thinking about how he's gonna bowl his next over and stuff. Um, but now nah, he'll definitely rip me for this. When you speak to other to other bowlers, they've all kind of said, uh, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." If someone drops one of my one of one of my wickets, you know, I always go, you know, "It doesn't matter. It's all forgotten, etc." And then two seconds later, like, but that one. Yeah. <laughs> that, that could have been my Pfeiffer or my whatever. Have you got any moments over your kind of career so far where someone's dropped one and you just thought you and you, and you can't you can't bring this up. you can't yeah. You can't I can't. So Dude, uh, honestly, I, like it, it, way too nice. Uh, it's ha- yeah, it's, it's it's happened on countless occasions, like <laughs> countless occasions. I can't even begin to and like I mean someone like Phil Salt will tell you, for instance, he he always tells me, mate, that always happens to you, like always, always, always. Really? But um, yeah, it's, it's it's part of the game, though. Like I've, yeah. I've almost accepted a long time ago that as part of the game, because if and if you get too sort of caught up in it, you, you won't you won't be able to come back. Because equally, mm. sometimes I don't end up with that five four, that three four. But on other occasions, because I've moved on quickly. I then get the wickets yeah. that that I require, you know. So it works yeah. both ways. But if if they drop it, are you the quiet seether who kind of walks back to your mark, or are you the look at the stare? Definitely not the quiet seether. <laughs> <laughs> but it, and it's not. It, I wouldn't say it's intentional. It's just like instinct because all your energy, all your everything, especially when you you sort of set a batsman up and the plan comes yeah. together nicely and. And uh, you sort of get the nick, or you create the chance, and yeah, I'm just my reaction isn't isn't always the greatest, the best of times. <laughs> but um, afterwards, I sort of have to go to the player or whoever, and 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 sometimes apologize, you know, because when I when I sometimes watch it back on on screen, it's like shoot, how could like how could I react like that, you know? I've dropped catches already before um and um yeah people have not reacted towards me like that so i sort of go go over and apologize and they and and then try and move on i heard an interview with phil tufnell and he was saying he can't remember a great deal of his playing days probably he was pissed but he was (laughs) and he was saying that he can remember every single one of his wickets do you do you kind of have the same sort of thing of remembering the batsman and the wicket and how you got them out as kind of a internal yeah, library? Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Those things because um, especially when, um, as I said, talk about plans and when a plan comes together, like you play over and over in your head. Um, 
and and actually gain confidence from it from remembering those times from remembering those moments because you just believe that you can do it again and again and again you know and and that's how you develop skill as well um over a period of time so so would bowlers so would so would joff for example come to you and say you know i'm bowling against these people next week how did you get them out or how you know what have you got in your obviously you've got a larger memory i'm not, I'm not saying you're old you've got a larger <laughs> memory than he's got he would, he would definitely tell you that i'm old he's always quick to do it yeah so yes yeah, so, so would kind of bowlers reach out to their kind of their mates and kind of say look you know give me a hand here how did how did you get him out or how did you yeah always him? always um and and that's it's that's especially how the nature of me and and Joffre's uh relationship you know like um was okay i might have played more games and i might be more experienced um uh, he's obviously fresh fearless and he's actually got a very very good cricket brain so it, it does work both ways you know um i remember like, i'll just give an example I remember we, we were playing on his debut t20 debut at cardiff um and obviously i, I stand at mid off quite a lot um in, in t20 cricket um both england sussex whatever and, um he was about to bowl the last ball the over and obviously it's normally quite an important ball to try and get out the over and he bowled like um about four or five lovely length balls and just banging his length nicely so he sort of like comes over and, and goes like what do you reckon uh, i said go again like bang your length he's like and he was bowling at babazam and he and he sort of goes now nah, i'm actually gonna just roll my fingers over it and he's gonna run it down to third man i'm gonna get out of you over and i was like okay do what you have to anyways <laughs> runs up does exactly that he runs it down to third man <laughs> he gets one gets out of the over and it's so, just like you like honestly <laughs> especially with players like that you just you almost just leave them because they see the game differently and they read the game differently and and that's what makes them so special and as i said although i have played uh, more games and and um and stuff than him i i end up learning off him and as well and vice versa Not, never mind he's younger than me you know so chris where do you where do you see joffre in sort of five ten years time i mean could he go down as one of the all-time greats for for england in, in world cricket even Hundred um, percent. Yeah. I, I have no like zero doubt about that. Um, the the reason being is because uh, obviously not just saying that because me and him are close. Um, like he is really special. Uh, as I said, from a skill point of view, from the way he thinks the game, from the way, um, yeah, he just goes about all of his business. Um, he he will be. Uh, I can see him being right right up there and. Also, another reason I say that is because everyone hasn't seen what he can do with the bat yet properly, you know. Right. Um, a lot of the ways got to today is strictly because of his bowling um, and his whole demeanor and everything. But honestly, when he starts to get going with the bat, uh, he could be right up there one of the top all-rounders in the world, for sure. Really? Wow, that's really Yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah. Oh, wow. So what, what do you think? I mean, it's just a time thing, I think, with batting, isn't it? You know, everyone says batting just takes longer to sort of master. Is that is that what you see? Um, yeah, it's just it's just it's just him um, just him finding his way. You know, mm. uh, obviously he hasn't quite had that had that rubber the green with the bat as yet, and uh, he showed glimpses in between. Mm. But obviously, I, I train with him every day. I practice with him every day. We compete against each other. So I know exactly like what he's capable of, and and for Sussex, actually, until he started to play Test cricket, I was telling him yesterday he was averaging 14 first-class cricket with the bat, you know. And obviously, he started to play Test cricket now, and um, and not quite got away with that that big score and those scores that he was getting at county level. So that average mm-hmm. is slightly dropped down to about 30. Mm-hmm. But even then, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. it's still 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 very handy. And um, so so yeah, the the sky's the limit, man, um, for Joffre. Yeah. Yeah. And I saw you gave, obviously, him his first cap, which is a really, really nice ceremony. And I, I, yeah, it's lovely. As, as a rugby person, I think that's one, of the, that's one of the things that other sports could learn from cricket. It's a really nice, personal kind of gesture. But who gave you yours? So, um, so my test cap, um, Mike Gatton gave me my test cap. Uh, Nasser Singh gave me my first ODI cap. And Ashley Giles presented me on my T20 cap. So, um, yeah, but my first, first cap was 
for ODA cricket at Hampshire and Nassau Singh did it. Um, and then after that was test cricket at Lords. Um, Mike Gatton did it. He, yeah, so me, 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 Mo and Gary Balance, I think, made our debuts that day. So he presented all three of us with a cap. And my T20 debut was in Sydney um, at the Olympic Stadium. And Ashley Giles did that then. Yeah. Well, on, on the basis that we live about like 10 yards from the Aegeus, obviously that's yeah. the best stadium, but... <laughs> not, not quite, but carry on. <laughs> <laughs> but at Lords, we've asked everybody, where's the best food at cricket and everyone, and everyone's come back with Lords. Yeah. Can I assume you're the same, that the Lord, the Lords lunch, which I still can't quite understand how you have a three-course meal, rhubarb crumble, and then go and play cricket. But, <laughs> yeah. You, you, just, you just suck it up for that week and you get on with it because, yeah, it, it, is, it is comfortably, comfortably the best. Um, everything from the cutlery to the plates to everything, you name it, it, it is really something to experience. Uh, yeah, from breakfast to lunch and even, I reckon some guys would be happy to stay for dinner as well, you know, at the end of the day. <laughs> it, is, it is that good. And in your, like, Lords is one of those places you always get make sure you get the extra early. You you know what I mean? So you, you really do enjoy the experience. And you always try to make sure that you're not bowling around lunchtime. Um if because especially for the bowlers, once once we know we're batting and we're going well, then we know we can fill our boots. <laughs> Honestly, everyone's kind of saying the same sort of thing. It just, it just cracks me up. We're like a professional yeah. sport. It's like rag fire lunch. Chill out. Three courses. Yeah. Chris, um, just just um, you know, talking about the global game. I mean, obviously, you've played all all around the world in various T Twenty franchises. I mean, how how amazing an experience has that been? I mean, just seeing the world, <coughs> playing your, playing the game you've dreamed of playing since being a kid. I mean, it must be literally living the dream, right? Exactly that, uh, Tom. Exactly that. Um, as I said before, like sometimes I take, I have to take a step back and and see where I've come from and 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 see the progress that I've made and I almost just just sort of give thanks that even if it was all over tomorrow, that you know I actually have fulfilled a lot of my dreams and I ticked off a lot of boxes and. And, um, and yeah, I've, I've, I've put in some decent performances whilst doing it as well, you know. So, mm. um, yeah, being able to, to, to travel the world and, and play in different conditions, um, I, I really do look forward to that. Um, so I've, I've played in New Zealand, I've played in Australia, I've played in Bangladesh, Pakistan, India, South Africa. Like, you, like that's right. totally different conditions all across, you know. And, and the reason for that is... is um uh i enjoy challenging myself in in those conditions uh, because it gives you confidence you know that when because every condition every area varies um so playing in new zealand um you might have to set different fields to to, to look after your figures uh, from playing in australia from playing in india uh, where the pitches will be a bit flatter grounds are a bit smaller uh guys hit sixes more more effortlessly and stuff like that um so yeah, it's is a is a real challenge, but one I do enjoy because when you come up on the right end of it, it really does uh, skyrocket your confidence to to know that um, that you you can compete literally anywhere in the world. And that the big one of the bigger things of that was when I first went to Bangalore um, yeah. and I played in the IPL, you know, because um, mm. at Bangalore uh, the pitch is great, um, the outfield's rapid. And the entire ground is small, uh, so sometimes in England and stuff, you have a big side, and you can sort of take comfort in that to know that okay, you can try to keep getting hit to the big side. But in Bangalore, Chennai, there's no big side, so that has, you have to switch your mentality to, to share execution. You know, um, you get you have to take the boundary size and everything out of your mind. And really focus on just executing um, and, and judge yourself on execution, regardless of the end result. You know, and that's one of the things that that, that experience taught me for sure. It's a compact ground, isn't it? The stands are really high, and I can imagine it's quite overbearing when you're on the pitch itself. Everyone's right on top of you. Yeah, it's it's like it's like gladiator stuff. You know, everyone's behind the fences, and and when like say Corley and Gill or AB's going, like it is. It can it can be quite daunting and quite intimidating, you know. So 
and it's so it's so so loud you can't hear you can't hear anything literally so but I, and 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 for me as well I, I, I do enjoy it you know because that, that's that's where you want to be that's where like that's that's the um that's right the, that's right at the pinnacle as well you know and you're right on edge and especially as i said when you come out on the right end of those situations, it really does skyrocket your confidence. The Broken Trophy Podcast. Catch us on Twitter at The Broken Trophy and on Instagram at Broken Trophy Pods. Uh, I was lucky enough to stay in the same hotel as some of the, the Bangalore team I was over there when I was working. It did seem a bit like, like quite a decent party. <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming you went to bed early, you know, a cup of coke. Yeah, well, to be fair... So IPL timings are funny, man. Um, so for me, I started to stay on English time. Right. Really. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So I, I I go to sleep at maybe like two in the morning, three in the morning. Yeah. Um, wake up like so <laughs> late heard, morning. I've heard, some, I've heard some excuses for partying. That's a great one. <laughs> no, I wasn't I, staying up late. Staying on UK time. <laughs> just staying on UK time. Now it's not. It wasn't too hectic though, because um, obviously, as you know, these days, like um, especially T20 cricket, you really need to be on top of your game, you know. Um, so obviously, you have to look after your body and and everything as much as possible, especially when like you're one of those players who are full on yeah, yeah. in in the entire game. You're bowling, you're batting, you're feeling the hot spots. Um, your body really needs to be uh, on top of it, um, and and it was uh, it was quite good to share dressing room with Virat, Virat Kohli at the time as well because um, he's very very big into it. So uh, again, I took inspiration from that as well. Um, obviously, after every game, uh, we do we do meet up and 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 relax a bit. Not everyone would have a would have a, a drink and stuff, but um, we do we do relax a bit and. <laughs> Next time I go again. out, I'm gonna tell my wife, "Look, I'm just relaxing a bit, all right." I'm, 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 I'm late, you know. I'm no, it really, it really, uh, I don't know. I don't know what you've heard and what you experienced. Like, really, really wasn't as hectic as that. <laughs> I mean, you, you you mentioned Virat uh, Kohli there. Um, you, you must have played with and against some incredible names out in the IP, well, all over the world. But I mean, who's I suppose firstly, who's the who's the hardest to bowl at that you faced, and and who's the the sort of best player you played with or against, really? Yeah, that <laughs> that <laughs> is a, that list definitely goes on because even when I started at Surrey, um, I started with I played with Shoaib Akhtar, I played with Jack Klimostat, um, I played with Andrew Simons, I played yeah, with yeah. like you name it, um, Eunice Khan, you name it. But um, in terms of bowling at um, funny, I bowled at AB, Virat, Chris Gale, bowled at all the man, Joe Russell, but I actually found Hashimamla one of the hardest to bowl at. Um, it, like, simply because he, he just seemed in, in total, total control the whole time, and it was hard to, to bowl a dot ball at him. Mm. He always managed to hit a gap, and, and he, would, he would sort of uh, damage you effortlessly. Um, Whereas, sort of like sometimes when you know that someone's coming strictly to hit sixes or, or to go um, that hard from ball one, you sort of know it, it's gonna go either way. Whereas Hashim was, um, he was more obviously a, a touch player, and, and he always find found a way to hit gaps and hit the ball in, in different areas. And I actually found him uh, in terms of picking up a, the right line, the right length, and and containing him, or really controlling him. I actually found that, found that pretty difficult. Um, so yeah, probably not the name that everyone was was yeah, well, expecting me to say, but yeah, I'd, I'd say Hash. Uh, oh, he was a serious was player, wasn't he? When he was in his yeah, hundred percent, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I guess like as a as a kind of a non cricketer, so from a, a rugby background, if you're kind of get you know, needling the opposition pack, and one of them kind of starts whining to the referee or tries to throw a punch, deep down you're like, yeah. We're getting them. We're getting them. They're just slowly yeah. starting. To... Is it the same? Like you know, so when you're bowling, I'm assuming the wicketkeeper's in the ear of basically everybody. If the batsman kind of retorts back with something or just just does something slightly unusual, are you as a bowler thinking, "Hello, okay, yeah, you're just starting to get a bit." Yeah, unlucky. yeah. You um, you have to be fair with that. Um, I think maybe cricket might be slightly different. You have to pick your players. So right. there's some players that you literally say nothing to. 
um, because if you start that, then they they'll take it up a level for sure. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you and you know that. Whereas, like, if you just let them stay in their own bubble, um, they might obviously say self destruct themselves. You know, by just yeah. like having a battle with their own with their own self. So, um, it is it is it is it varies from player to player for sure. Uh, but there is a little bit of that that goes on, uh, especially when um, you know no. Sort of someone's character or, or yeah. the type of things that you might be able to say to them to, to just get that little bit of an edge. Um, but yeah, as I said, every, everyone's everyone's different. It does vary from player to player. I've just got a vision of you in the change rooms, like a young nipper, like an old boy. <laughs> Chris, Chris, don't poke that bear. Whatever you do, don't poke that bear. Yeah. Say nothing. Yeah. Get out of this lightly. Just don't wind him up. <laughs> yeah, but actually, it can work both ways, you know, because sometimes when you have, like, as you said, like a young nipper straight into the team who's fearless, who's like, you know, and, and this is his moment, this is his, this is his opportunity. Uh, and you know that there's a player that you don't normally go at. If that, if that kid then obviously comes out of character and goes at him a little bit, it can work, you know, because he, he might be thinking, um, like who's this little kid? He's just come here, and, and I actually might get under his skin yeah, a bit, yeah. and, and and it might create that yeah, yeah. that chance or that opportunity to to get on top of the game, you know. And do people try and poke you or not? <laughs> yeah, always, <laughs> always. <laughs> but I'm not, I'm not easily ruffled. <laughs> <laughs> the Broken Trophy Podcast. Give us a follow on SoundCloud and on Apple Podcasts. You've, all, you've played all three formats for England, Chris. Um, yeah. And obviously you're, you're known now, I suppose, as a, maybe a T20 specialist. But, I mean, you know, give us a sense of, I mean, what's your favourite format to play? I mean, it, it must have been a proud moment playing Test cricket for England, for example. Yeah, 100%. Um, I mean, in terms of the longer format, I, I really do enjoy it. I'm, I'm always involved in the game uh, because I feel that slip. Mm. Um, I obviously bowl um, and, uh, and I bat like... Um, middle to late order you know so I'm always I'm always involved in the game at some point so I'm always um, switched on to it and, and and it keeps me interested for sure but every format is very different um, and, and, I, and I enjoy all three I, I think probably equally um, yeah. because once you understand the game you you sort of uh, understand the things that come with it and understand especially when someone does something special like say in test cricket like that, um, like that Stoke, like that Stoke, uh, Stoke's innings, for instance, um, yeah. at 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 Headingley, um, that like you just sit back and admire that, you know, uh, because like that that ebbed and flowed, and and he had that big partnership, and only until if you, obviously people watching know that it was a special moment, but when you played obviously Test cricket and, and you know the the sweat and everything that goes into it, and um, and yeah, to, to to watch that innings unfold, it went through so many different gears. It ebbed and flowed, and mm. I've been to come out on top in the end. You know, um, like getting a Test win, um, knowing the hard work and the amount of overs and the way the game goes up and down, and getting a Test win in the end is one of the biggest things, uh, and it's one of the greatest feelings. Um, it's it's obviously slightly different to like a T Twenty game where it's all action all the time. Um, mm -hmm. But again, the test win is, is right up there as well. You've been obviously in and around the England setup for, for a while now. I mean, obviously, you know these guys really, really well. All of them are, because you know, most of them certainly in the squads and that from last summer. Yeah. I mean, what was it like, you know, not, not necessarily being in, involved in every format and every game, etc., but just being one of the group as such? I mean, just overseeing from afar. <coughs> what, in the World Cup, you saying? Both. I mean, just involved in the summer in general. I mean, it's such a, a crazy yeah. summer, such a crazy... I mean, obviously, you're, you're part of that group, the sort of wider yeah. squad and whatnot. I mean, is, is it sort of bittersweet almost watching from afar and not being involved? Or are you just rooting for the guys that are involved? Well, I know you would. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. Well, yeah, I mean, it's not a given, but to answer your question, 100%, I wouldn't say it was like... Um, I, the bitter side of it is maybe a, a small portion of me being a competitor, me mm. and and, um, and me wanting to 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 be the person out there, you know. I, I, I would say that's just a, a small portion. Like it's sweet for sure because um, it what what um, what the guys are doing for for cricket on a whole, um, 
not only in the country but worldwide um like to be part of a, a of a group of players who's setting trends and and sort of transforming the game as well um and and stuff like that is is quite special and 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 quite and, and it's quite proud to be a part of as well you know um but as i said the the bitter side of it is is very minute because mm. as i said as as a competitor as a yeah. as um as a professional you want to be out there you want to be um the person doing those things you know but um that's only a very very small portion but more more sweet than anything um and especially at this moment um uh, watching Joe Fur do his thing and and take off the way he's taking off is is um is a great feeling for myself as well. It's almost like I'm out there doing it as well, you know. How are you feeling yeah, during that it. super over? <laughs> like, oh my um, God. Uh, during that super over, I was I was very confident, and I was yeah. sat next to Phil. We were at Lancashire watching watching the watching the game. I was sat next to Phil Salt. So, so as the game was unfolding, uh, knowing how how things unfold for Jock as well, I thought he was actually going to win it with the bat. Really? Because uh, I thought he was going to have a say in, in, from that from that point of view. And when that didn't happen, and it went to Super Over, I I knew it was gonna I knew it was gonna happen for sure because that's that's the way um, things have been happening for him. That's the way the game's been flowing for him, and. and he always finds a way of being right there in the thick of things in, in those crunch moments, you know, and, and, and coming out on top of them. Even when he, like, so obviously before he, he got into the, the international scene, um, he had, he burst onto the scene, he had his first year. Then you wanted to see if he was going to back it up. He had his second year. and that, But he just kept extending that run and extending that run that it just became a norm, you know, that, mm. that at one point or, or, or another, He'll have a say, and and when it went to Super I was hundred and fifty percent confident that he'd get it done. Um, really? Exactly. And uh, yeah, I mean, just thinking on it, no, um, it gives me goosebumps, you know, and to okay. to watch him obviously just take take control the moment and and his celebration and everything, um, what he's come from, things that he's gone through, like. All those things sort of just run run through your head in a snapshot, you know. And uh, I was so so happy for him and the and the entire team. So I mean, I, I work with a Kiwi, and there's no way that he believes that um, the hit <laughs> off Ben Stokes was an accident. Just to be clear, he's he <laughs> he's mentioning that practically every day still. <laughs> yeah. it, you, you can't write it honestly. <laughs> yeah, like, that's timing everything. Like, but obviously, if you play the game, you know that. It is. It wasn't that possible for it to be that intentional, mm-hmm. you know. Like yeah, just yeah. knowing the timing of the dive. And when you dive, it the con your control sort of goes out your body almost, and you almost just you're just looking to get into the crease. And the ball was just at that perfect trajectory. It was. It was a. It was a sheer coincidence. Incredible. You're, you're you're an English legend. You've played all formats of the game. He's still yeah. going to tell you you're wrong. Whatever. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> All the scientific you know, evidence you like, I promise you, my, my mate Mike Jarvie is going to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> the Broken Trophy Podcast. Catch us on Twitter at The Broken Trophy and on Instagram at Broken Trophy Pods. What about look at the future, Chris, as well? Because I know there was a World T20 scheduled for later on this year, or it still is scheduled yeah. at, at the moment. Um, I mean, are you still, you know, obviously desperate, I suppose, to sort of contribute to that, to, to what would be another... Sort of international success for England, it'd be incredible, wouldn't it? If it, you know, if it does go ahead this year or whenever it does go ahead in the future. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, obviously, whether it's World Cup, whether it's a normal game, practice game, anytime you, I put that shirt on, I try to give my best, you know. And if I if I do make it to be selected for that, um, I'll, I'll give my hundred percent best again. I'll be real, really, really special because it would be probably the third World Cup. That, um, I'd be I'd be involved in sorry fourth World Cup actually I'd be involved in for England so I played 150 over two T20 World Cups um, so to make that again like it it would be it would, it would be quite special but I'm um, I'm sort of in the mindset uh, of dealing with sort of one thing at a time you know um, yeah. that's yeah. how that's how I've been for a while um, and just let those sort of bigger bigger picture things take care of themselves like just keep concentrating on sort of what's in front of me keep Trying to keep putting performances every day and not get too comfortable. Keep keep pushing those boundaries and 
and and let sort of that bigger picture stuff take care of itself. We've had some, we've had some questions also come in, which you can answer as much or as little as you like. So Nikki has asked, um, what does Chris think of associate, of associate cricket? Should the share of ICC funding be distributed more fairly across the non-test nations to grow the game? And she says, um, also, should cricket be in the Olympics or the Commonwealth Games? Okay. Um, the part of the question with the funding, like, that's way above my pay grade, so I won't touch that. Um, as far as, as, far well as, uh, <laughs> yeah, as, far as the associate, associate nation cricket is concerned, um, it's so important. It's so big. And, and, and I think um, everyone in the entire world should be able to um, experience um, this wonderful game we play, you know, um, um, to, to any single level. And you just have to look at Afghanistan, for instance, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and the progress that they've made and, and, and the flavour that they've brought to, to the world of cricket, you know, to, to know how important Associate nation cricket is, you know. So um, that's the answer to that question. What was the last part of the question? The, the, again? The other, so can I just say, associate cricket? Yes, apart from the Americans, can we just not have them involved? <laughs> <laughs> it's too hard. No, nah, <laughs> everyone should be allowed now. <laughs> <laughs> the um, and then should cricket be in the Olympics or the Commonwealth Games? Yeah, um, yeah, hundred um, percent. I think it would be a. I think it would be another step in terms of. Of putting the game on your map, you know, and 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 really um, expanding it and taking it to a whole new level, um, uh, showing sort of showing off um, again this special and, and unique game that we play. Just to be clear, um, and it's it, it, yeah. can't, it can't be Test cricket. It'll be there for about seven years. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> that that's the thing. Like obviously, it, I I think it. I think it. If it does go ahead, I think it will be in form of T10 cricket almost. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Having played in that tournament, it is um, is it is very exciting form of the game. Uh, yeah. It is you have to you have to have humor. Uh, you have to you can't be can't be too too serious with it because mm. uh, as a bowler you're meant to go for runs. Um, and but as a batter, obviously, like the minute you face even one dot ball, the pressure ramps up like to a whole different level. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Uh, yeah, like I played one game, for instance, where we took like two wickets in the first over, and um, the I think it was Riley Russo at the time. He walked in and he didn't stop going. He just went straight away. There's, there's no consolidating. There's no <laughs> nothing. Like literally, every single ball counts. Um, and as a bowler, that you yeah yeah you have to have a sense of humor and. And not take it too serious because if you bowl your two for twenty more often than not, you've done a brilliant job mm. um, in T10 cricket, you know, um, by yeah, by those amazing. standards. So right. yeah, it's it's it's, T10, it's a, it's a real, Olympics. Yeah, hundred percent. I think oh, it, I yeah. think it will work really well. Hundred percent. Right. The other question we are we we asked last week and we can't get an answer is in cricket terms. As you got slow, medium, medium, fast, fast. Is there like a scorecard somewhere where you get determined as to what you are? Because people get like bowlers get a label of being whatever it is. Is it like, a, <laughs> like an Excel spreadsheet? They're like, oh yeah, Chris Jordan, right? He's bowling at this speed. Uh, yeah. <laughs> sometimes actually, I'm not sure how they work it out to be fair. Because <laughs> sometimes, like, I, I go and play one tournament, I'll come up as like, um, like medium fast, and I'm thinking I'm touching ninety at the minute. <laughs> so, <laughs> I should be classed as a fast as an actual fast bowler. And the other times it's like fast to medium. So it's like, hang on, am I starting at ninety and then moving down to eighty? Like what what is it? Um, nah, so they, they, I'm with you. There does need there does need to be some clarity on how how they do come up with that system. <laughs> yeah. It's our job on the pod now to try and find well, yeah. a little spreadsheet. There's some sort of spreadsheet yeah, somewhere. Definitely. It must be. Maybe, maybe, Ants, maybe Ants Benedict. Maybe Ants Benedict. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy, um, stats, stats guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's got to be, there's got to be some mileage in this. Got to sort it out. <laughs> and then I guess we've we've met, we've met with a couple of cricketers who have who have retired. I mean, you know, you're coming not towards the end yet, but progressing. Um, <laughs> what's what's you know? You yeah, got... You're a bit like Joe for now. <laughs> <laughs> I've been called a lot worse. I'll take that. Um, <laughs> He's about twenty years older than Joe, but 
way, way better looking though. Yeah. The, um, yeah. what, what, you know, what plans have you already kind of got in your mind or thinking towards post-cricket world? And what, you know, is, do you see yourself going back into or staying in cricket and kind of coaching or coming out or um, um, franchise of kind of, you know, car park? I, I think, look, I mean, even up to, say, three years ago, um, the type of knowledge and, and, and the development that I've made, not only as a cricketer, but obviously um, within the game from a training point of view and, and a skills point of view has changed from three years ago. So... Sorry, excuse me. Um, I, I can't pinpoint for certain um, what what I'd go into. I just know that with, with my mentality, with the way I go about things, um, uh, my path will sort of create itself for me. And I'll know that, right, this is the route I want to go down for sure, or this is the route, or the next route is which I want to go down for sure. But all I'm doing at the minute is gathering as much knowledge as possible and, and, and keeping my options as open as possible so that, when that time does come, um, I, I I can make an informed decision, you know. Um, so I think I, uh, my body's feeling great. Um, I think we've got plenty more years, um, hopefully playing at the top level. So let's not start getting too deep into those conversations <laughs> just yet. <laughs> you like you want to retire me early? <laughs> no way. No We've kind of got a list that's been formed, kind of podcast after podcast, of sport or not a sport. So a list of things as to whether they're a sport or not a sport. Kids are killing each other upstairs. <laughs> I'm going to stay here. Even when the podcast ends, I'm going to stay in here and pretend I'm still on it. Um, we've got a list, of, a list of sports that, um, if you can tell us whether you think it's a sport or not a sport. Okay? <laughs> okay. There's no way this ends well. Poker. <laughs> No, I swear. Darts. Is it? I don't know. No one knows. <laughs> okay. Um, darts. Darts. I'll, I'll go with darts as a sport. Okay. Uh, table tennis. Sport. Snooker. Sport. Uh, wrestling. Sport. Really? Uh, WWE stuff. Uh sport physical activity (laughs) gymnastics it's a combination of sport and acting okay fair enough Uh, gymnastics sport lawn bowls lawn bowls (laughs) uh sport okay archery sport shooting sport okay (laughs) um badminton Sport. Okay, Gay Lem will be very pleased with that. She's given us no entry <laughs> from that. Um, I just got uh, fishing. <sighs> <laughs> A pastime. Pastime. Past good. <laughs> uh, in in so Formula One. Sport. And then finally, something we never thought would happen, but we were watching uh, BBC One yesterday, and they had um, like a small documentary on stone skimming. And they were like following the stone world championships skimming. in Scotland. It's like a stone skimming, and these people take it really oh, seriously. Really so seriously. So they are world championships. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. I used to do a lot of stone skimming as well, like at the beach and stuff. Uh, we used to have yeah. competitions, you know, like yeah, what? as kids. So I guess I guess I have to I have to class it as a sport as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we've also we've also found potentially your 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 retirement sport. When you were <laughs> World champion maybe, stone skimmer. Yeah, 100%. Fast 100%. medium. Fast medium stone yeah. skimmer. Yeah, fast yeah medium. definitely. Yeah, fast medium. <laughs> the guy last night threw it 117 metres. Like, skimmed it 117 metres. Wow. How many times did he skim it, though? Oh, that's hunt. It's like, I think the Ameri- so that's that was that was our competition right. so like how case. many times you can get it skimmed i can't believe we're talking about this but the uh, <laughs> it's quite there's quite a big divide supposedly according to this documentary in america it's the number of like hops and in the yeah UK, it's how far it goes so the americans mm. were coming over and they were like struggling in the distance then we go to the u.s and we can't give the the hops or whatever it's called I don't know, the skim the yeah hop. Yeah. How are we talking about this oh. with the England international cricketer? <laughs> that's like that's like who would have known? I love it. That's, brilliant, that's brilliant. the randomness of the sport. Okay, so 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 world world stone skimming champion coming up. We'll, yeah. we'll send you an invite to the uh, the world championships in Scotland. 
Done, done. We'll see you there. Chris, Chris, it's been a massive, massive pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much for your time. Before we let you go, we have been asking all our guests if they can nominate somebody they know in the realm of cricket or their sport or another sport that they think would be a good guest for a future episode of the pod. So is there anyone you could think of that would be a good guest? Uh, there's plenty of people. Um, let's go with Jofra. Let's set up one yeah. with Jofra. Okay. I'll let you speak to him. I want to ask him about, about his cooking. Find out yeah, yeah let's see. Let, ask him who's the better cook. <laughs> who, would, who would win out of you and Joffre in a stone skimming competition? That's what I want to know. In a stone skimming? Yeah. yeah. Well, as most of our as most of our competitive nature goes, he'll say him, I'll say I'll say me. So <laughs> when you Brilliant. speak to him, you, you guys decide yeah. who you're more convinced. Well <laughs> we, we really hope you don't retire too soon, Chris. It's fantastic okay, talking mate. to you. Thank you very much. Yeah, good, good to pleasure, speak mate. to you guys. Thank you so much, mate. Appreciate it. Well, thanks, that. guys. Cheers, Enjoy mate. your day. Stay safe. You too. Thanks. Cheers. 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 I've got. I've got to ask. Is it? Is it? Is it on purpose? You've got your head exactly where the lion's head is. <laughs> no, I didn't even realise that. <laughs> That's crazy. Should I do it like that? <laughs> Love it. That's a great photo, actually. We'll ask you what what your favourite animal is, and then you can just drop it in (laughs) (laughs) the conversation. Done, done, done.